Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for April 27, 2023. GDP shows less resilience than expected. Despite a strong start to the year for employment and consumer spending, the economy was less resilient in the first quarter than expected. Growth trends have faded in March, with higher interest rates and still high inflation weighing on household purchases and investment decisions for businesses. What's in store for our economy for the second quarter? And do we still expect a recession to hit later this year? Here to talk through our latest thoughts on economic growth, we have Chief Economist Kathy Bostancic and Senior Economist Ben Ayers. Hey Kathy, let's start with you today. The GDP report for the first quarter disappointed due to sharp Fed tightening and building recession concerns. What were your key takeaways from the first quarter data? Well, thanks, Brian. Yeah, the first quarter GDP data showed that really aside from a strong pop in real consumer spending in January, underlying economic growth was not very uh, robust uh, on the quarter. And, and more recently, um, data signal that we're going to have continued soft economic momentum um, into the, the second quarter. Um, consumer spending overall for the quarter jumped 3.7%. Now, that's a strong report, but really greatly inflated, as I said, by, by the January reading. Uh, February and March, uh, consumer spending retail sales data that show that the consumer has um, pulled back. And and it's in light of still high inflation, high interest rates, and and some modest um, softening in the labor market, although overall still remains quite strong. Um, now, the headline reading of 1.1%, that was heavily weighed down by a steep drop in, in inventories. Um, however, we don't want to dismiss that as um, really being the, the, the sole weakness here, um, because I think it represents that businesses are quite cautious right now. They they worked down the XX inventories that were built up um, through the prior quarters, but they're also embracing a much more cautious outlook for demand and um, for, for both their, their service and, and goods going forward. Um, and we also saw that um, cautiousness or rising pessimism um, reflected in a sharp reduction in investment for equipment, which fell an annualized 7.3% uh, in the first quarter. And on a year-on-year basis, it fell into negative territory. Um, and, and that's the first time we have, have seen that since the fourth quarter of 2020. So that was sort of as we were just kind of emerging from the COVID recession. Um, also worth noting, residential investment declined for the eighth straight quarter. So we've seen the housing sector essentially be in a, a recession um, for, for almost two years now. Um, however, the decline was only a little bit over 4%. So that's less of a severe drop that we saw um, in the previous two quarters, which averaged about 26%. Um, recent data on the housing market have suggested that it's bottomed, but we remain very cautious on our view of uh, residential 
housing, and because if we're correct um, that that the economy continues to slow and falls into recession in the second half of the year, you're going to see declines in employment and personal income growth, which will limit any rebound in and housing activity. Um, in addition, it's worth noting that uh, we continue to have stresses in the banking system. Uh, we don't think it's an outright systemic crisis, but banks like First Republic um, still under a lot of pressure. I think the bigger takeaway is that we're going to see tighter banking lending standards, and that will lead to less credit availability for businesses, especially small and medium size. So that does support our view that, you know, and lead to um, uh, slower employment growth and eventually outright declines in, uh, in employment. And that's going to weigh on income and consumption and and head us into recession in the second half of the year. Um, also, just worth noting, we also got updates on the inflation front um, and the headline and core PCE price indices for the first quarter were actually even a bit higher than ex expected. Um, that just underscores, especially at the core service level, that we're seeing very sticky and elevated inflation. That is going to limit the Fed's ability to cut rates once the, the economic activity um, turns down uh, later this year. Thank you, Kathy. Let's get some additional perspective from Ben. Ben, we saw weaker job growth in retail sales in March, while new orders for business uh, slowed further. Where does that leave the economy as we head into the second quarter? And is there any chance for a recession starting, starting in the next few months from now? As Kathy laid out, you know, when we headed into the March data, it looked a lot weaker. And so the even some of the strength we saw from, again, consumer spending and some aspects of business growth didn't really carry through to the end of the first quarter. And it seems likely that some of these weaker trends are, are going to carry into the second quarter. You know, in some ways, the economy is finally starting to act like we would expect in response to the sharp Fed tightening over the past year. We're seeing businesses cut back. We're seeing consumers decide, maybe I don't want to buy that house because the mortgage rates are so high. Maybe I'm not going to buy that car because the auto loan rates are so high. And so in many ways, we're finally getting to that slowdown phase that we've been kind of waiting for and didn't see early in 2023, but we are seeing now as we head into the second quarter. You know, as Kathy again laid out, the labor market remains the key pivot point for growth as we look forward from here. You know, so far we've seen pretty solid job growth. We particularly added over a million jobs in the first quarter, and that really was one of the main reasons why we saw such solid spending activity, even if things had slowed by the end of the quarter. And as we go into the second quarter, we're likely to see a little bit slower job growth still. Um, we added 236,000 jobs in March. I think that's probably going to be our litmus test. Are we going to be above or below that? I think it's likely as we get the April data next week that we'll see slower job growth than that, maybe going below 200,000 and probably averaging about that 200,000 job gains per month or lower over the second quarter. Uh, and that does suggest continued slowdowns in spending, continued slowdowns in overall growth, but probably not negative yet. Uh, that probably still implies that we're, we're not indicative of an imminent downturn with still positive, even if not quite as strong job growth, but it does mean a little bit slower growth a little bit slower overall spending activity, and that just acts to continue the general slowdown that we expect from the economy, particularly as we head in the second half of the year. Um, so to me, that doesn't say we're likely to see a recession start in the second quarter. I think there's still 
too much solid momentum in the labor market. It's, it's hard to see that ch change on a dime overnight. Um, but I'm focused more on the third quarter, and particularly maybe even later in the third quarter for a recession to start. Um, but certainly we are seeing a slowdown of momentum in the labor market, and that's going to lead to a slowdown in momentum for the overall economy as well. Um, so for oh, wrapping it up, I think for the second quarter, probably a pretty similar growth pace as what we saw reported this morning for the first quarter, maybe around a 1% annualized growth pace. Again, not a recession yet, but you know, moving in that general direction of eventual negative prints from real GAP that we're likely to see later this year. Well, I know in our podcast and um, the reports we share also, we have been estimating a moderate recession will happen later this year, or maybe in early 2024. So Kathy, let me bring you in on this discussion of on the outlook also. Is that your projection too, as far as the uh, timing of everything? Yeah, I think that, you know, Ben very well uh, put the emphasis on, on the labor market. That's, that's kind of the key linchpin right now that's been keeping the economy afloat. Um, and if we're right and we start to see some cracks develop, we've seen some signs of that with initial jobless claims moving up, although admittedly they're still very low. Um, but we've seen continuing jobless claims inch up. So that suggests that people, once they are laid off, are finding it a little bit more difficult to, to find new employment. Um, so maybe some loosening in, in the labor market. Um, but we, we do suspect that as we go forward, just this tightening of um, credit availability is really going to choke off activity. And, and maybe, you know, interestingly, maybe in a sense, be more um, of, a, of a negative impact on the economy than the Fed tightening thus far has been. Now, of course, Fed tightening, you can make the case, has led to um, the stress in the banking system, and there's no doubt about that. But just the actual credit um, uh, restriction, uh, Fed rate hikes alone haven't really done the job and hasn't slowed inflation. Now, I'm not saying that the Fed wants to send the economy into recession, but it does want to slow down inflation. And if recession is an outcome, as long as it's sort of modest or moderate, as we think, that they'll consider that a victory. Um, but you know, the point being is just that with having the banks finally step up and really restrict credit availability or raise the cost of credit, that's going to have a pretty powerful um, impact on, on the economy. Uh, but it does, you know, it does rest very much in the labor market because if you're creating a lot of jobs, even if it's 200, 250,000 a month, that's still really healthy. And then that throws off really good personal income gains, which will help the consumer stay afloat. Um, I think this consumer is still constrained by inflation and higher interest rates. But we may not necessarily, you know, go into it wouldn't go into that recession state unless we see employment growth um, start to, to falter here. So, I, you know, fully agree with Ben, that is the case. And then that, that remains our base case. Um, you know, the timing is difficult. We have been saying the third quarter. I think the most recent data do support that the events, you know, folding in the, the banking sector support the third quarter. But it is very difficult to get the timing, and uh, again, we'll we'll rest on 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 the labor market to a very very uh, high degree. Well, thank you, Kathy. You know, Ben, 
Kathy did talk about the Fed meeting, which is coming up next week. And does the Q1 GDP report change anything that we expect to hear from the Fed next week? You know, you look at the, the weaker GDP growth and you think that it might, uh, that's showing signs that the economy is slowing and maybe that might change some of the calculus for the Fed as we look into next week. But I think the focus is still on inflation rather than on growth. And as Kathy laid out, core services inflation still very high, not showing much of a sign of cooling yet. And we're still seeing a lot of upper pressure on costs across the economy. And, you know, you're still at the end of the, third, the first quarter, even though you saw a little bit of weaker growth, you're still at a 3.5% unemployment rate. So it's obviously still some very solid growth readings, very solid conditions across the economy. So I don't really think it's going to change much for them as we go into next week. I, I still think that we'll see another 25 basis point rate hike next week. That would bring the federal funds rate up to 5 to 525 range. Uh, and so obviously still acting to continue to tighten conditions across the economy to still try to get a, a grip around inflation and get that under control. Um, but from there, I, I do think this is likely the final rate hike that we're going to see from the Fed. And so the emphasis is going to shift from you know, more tightening to when is the Fed going to start to ease policy? And this is probably going to shift a little bit more of the focus towards economic readings as we look over the next couple quarters. And I think this is where we're going to keep a close eye on those monthly payroll gains, keep an eye on GDP. We're going to obviously be looking at initial jobless claims as an early leading indicator of where the direction of the labor market is going. And I think going forward, there's going to be a little bit more focus, obviously hoping to see that inflation continues to decline as well. Um, so I think the solid start to the year tells that the tells the Fed the economy has plenty of momentum and that we're not quite to the point of a recession and therefore not quite to the point where we need to start thinking about easing rates to start to actively stimulate the economy because we're not to a point of slowdown yet. Um, to me, this means there's likely a longer runway to maybe the next downturn and, and maybe some further sticky inflation. And that means for me that the Fed's likely going to have to stay on a path of higher rates for longer with an easing of monetary policy, not really probably likely until early 2024. You know, that's different than what financial markets are saying. That's different than what many other analysts are looking at. So obviously a, a big difference of opinion here. And there's a long road to the end of this year with probably many more twists and turns to go in the data. But, you know, solid, if not spectacular start to the year with first quarter GDP growth with still very strong signs from the labor market. That tells me that we're going to see some pretty extended period of restrictive monetary policy because that might be what is needed to really bring inflation under control rather than really a quick pivot over to lowering rates is what is currently priced in for financial markets. So I think wrapping it all up, I, I think we're still going to get a rate hike next week. Um, I think that's likely the end of it, and that's really the big change. Um, but I still see the Fed sticking to their guns and keeping those interest rates higher really over the rest of 2023. Yeah, thank you, Ben. And this podcast will continue to watch the uh, employment reports that Ben was talking about and also give our reaction to next week's announcement from the Fed on what Ben said could be the last rate hike for this cycle. And um, to our audience, make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive notifications when each new episode is released. Thanks again, Kathy and Ben, for joining us today. And this has been a great discussion on the growth trends for the, uh, for the economy. Until next time. For Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. 
The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide Inn and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023. Nationwide.